Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958, 931-243-3958, or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men, in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot, sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I've got a decent grip. Now it's not phenomenal and it's not world class. It's not like legendary or anything, but, but it's a pretty decent grip. I mean, when you consider all the time that I've spent climbing ropes, you consider the, the number of hours that I've spent in my garage on my climbing simulator and hanging from a fingerboard. And then when you think about the countless hours that I've spent taking 550 cord and, and weaving them into little men, making those series of knots that make those little people, then, you know, my finger strength is, is you know, maybe a little bit above average. I remember uh, when the gentleman that I met in Salina, Tennessee, who made the baskets, all he did was strip white oak trees of their bark and take that bark and weave them into baskets. And, and Mr. Willie had one of the best grips that I've ever met. And when I shook hands with him, he said, you have the grip of a weaver. <laughs> and I gave him one of the little rope men. He calls it the little woven man. I remember one of the young police officers who's in the jujitsu group uh, was telling somebody, he said, yeah, when, when Mr. Lonnie puts his hands on you, it's like he's been shoeing horses since he was four. <laughs> well, again, it's not a world-class grip, but it's a pretty good grip. I got asked to do a workshop, and I drove down to uh, Tuskegee, and I was going to do a professional development workshop for the folks who are professional sign language interpreters. I think it's called Dactology, so maybe they're called Dactologists. The group Deaf Access hired me to come down and do this workshop for them, and I walk in the door and, you know, people are gathered there and there's a large group of people. And 
I shake hands with a couple of folks. And before I can get from the back of the room to the front of the room, word has spread, don't shake hands with Lonnie. And people would walk up and go, you must be Lonnie. And then they would hold their hands away from me, and I couldn't shake them. And I said, "What? what's up here? And, and one of the gentlemen uh, explained, well, these people work with their hands. Their hands are their livelihood. And then this lady said, well, suppose I introduced myself to you. And then she grabbed me by the face and shook my head side to side and said, hi, it's nice to meet you. She said, well, when you grab a sign language person's hands and you shake them like you do, you're, you're using what they talk with and treating it very, very badly. So I learned the lesson to be gentle and, and careful with the sign language people when you shake hands with them. Well, way before I was offending and scaring sign language people, I did a, a little sign language. I think my brother was in the third or the fourth grade, and he came home with one of those little cards, and it had, you know, all the finger spelling pictures on it. And we learned that together. We memorized it. And then we could spell to each other from a distance or spell things in church when we weren't supposed to be talking. And I, I carried it a little further. And as a teenager, uh, learned to do some simple signs and, and, and communicate with people. And so I was bagging groceries at Food World. Now, this is in the days when it was just paper bags, and you popped the sacks open, and you put people's uh, groceries in them, and you carried them out to their car for them. And, and I was there one night, and there wasn't a lot going on. I usually worked like Tuesdays and Thursdays and then and every Friday and every Saturday and like four to eight or something like that. And I was there late one night, maybe later than eight o'clock because I was going to close the store or something. And I was standing there and this guy walks in off the street and he looked like the dude that used to play Ernest, you know, the, the guy that did all the commercials. Hey, Vern. He had you know, very angular features and a sharp hooked nose and dark hair. And he walks in off the street and he's gesturing with his hands and the girl behind the counter and the manager in the booth, they didn't know what to do with him. And, and I walked up and, and did a simple, my name is Lonnie, and I spell my name. And then I did the sign for help, and I pointed at him. Well, he broke into a smile, and he said some things really fast with his hands that I couldn't keep up with. But we slowed things down. I did an awful lot of finger spelling and some things. And we helped the gentleman get some things together. Well, word spread through the hearing-impaired community that there was a kid at Food World who could help them. And so regularly, we would be visited by the people from the hearing-impaired community. And although I wasn't an expert sign language person, I could sign and communicate just a little bit. Well, I left Food World and started working the register at Hardee's. And as you can probably guess the people who knew that I could talk to them brought their business to Hardy's. And so we regularly, when I was on shift, we would have people come in and, and place orders and they wouldn't have to write down their orders. They could just sign and, and I could do a pretty good job of that. Well, late one evening I was there and there wasn't, you know, there's several people in the store and, and the shake machine was broken. Now there are three things that you hate to do if you work fast food. Number one, you hate to make a strawberry shake. And number two, you hate to make a strawberry shake. 
And number three, you absolutely despise making a strawberry shake. In those days, you you, you know, the ice cream comes out of the server. You walk over to this uh, dispenser. You pump three shots of the strawberry syrup in it, and then you stick it into this thing that's a poorly designed torture device that they use to mix the shakes together. And if you're not careful, that thing will throw the cup everywhere. It'll throw milkshake everywhere. It'll, it'll throw ice cream everywhere. It's, it makes a horrendous noise, and and nine times out of ten the silly thing's broken I, either the the machine won't condense the ice cream like it's supposed to it won't dispense it properly or the silly mixer won't work and, and i think mcdonald's still has the same version of the machine that we used at hardy's because it's always broken you know you've got a better chance of seeing bigfoot than you do buying an ice cream at mcdonald's but i'm at hardy's and this gentleman comes in and he gives me his sign and points to the shake machine and I, I tried to tell him it was broken, and he shook his head, and he pointed, and I took the cup, and I pointed to it, and I signed that it was broken. Well, he had been standing in line, and, and I had given a vanilla milkshake to somebody, and I'd given ice cream to somebody, and he'd seen me serving ice cream, but what he wanted was a strawberry shake, and and. And I was trying to communicate with him, and I couldn't give him a strawberry shake. And he made the sign for pump the, the syrup in and, and, and mix it. Well, I signed it's broken. And then I took the cup, and I stuck it into the uh, place where you blend the thing to show that it wouldn't make any noise. And he's, he's deaf. He couldn't hear the noise on the best day, much less the day that it's broken. And there were people there, and maybe he was embarrassed. Maybe he felt like he didn't have any power, but he pounded the counter, and he took his thumb and he put it under his left ear, and he traced it slowly under his chin to his right ear, looking me straight in the eye, and he turned and he walked out. He thought I understood him. And because he thought I understood him, I th I thought we were friends. But maybe, maybe we weren't friends after all. You see, he thought I understood him, but when he didn't understand me, it degraded into a, a confrontation. I'm sure he was embarrassed. I'm sure he was confused. And because I wasn't acting normal, because I wasn't acting like I normally acted, and, and he he just left. He left angry, and and he never he never came back. A strawberry milkshake or a misunderstanding over a strawberry milkshake ended our friendship. I'm tempted to say if that's all it took, maybe we're, we weren't actually friends in the first place. But maybe we were, and he just got hurt over this misunderstanding. I continued to work there. He just never came back. I think there are times when we don't understand God. He doesn't give us what we want. Or the thing that we want, we can't have it today. He 
doesn't respond like we expect. We don't understand why something is broken. And then we get disappointed and maybe we get scared. Maybe we get angry. And maybe we walk away. If if something happened that you don't understand, if, if something got broken and you can't understand why it's broken or it looks like it can't be fixed, if something happened that confuses you or, or, or angers you and you can't or you won't be friends with God anymore, please consider there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God's love for us is a constant in the universe. It has never changed, and it will never change. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Now, your behavior does not affect God's love for you, but it may be indicative of whether or not you love God. It may be indicative of how you respond to His love. But if for some reason something is broken, if for some reason you can't have what you want, if for some reason you can't understand, quote-unquote, God's behavior, a misunderstanding doesn't mean that something is broken. And just because something is broken doesn't mean that you are unloved or unworthy. Don't let that misunderstanding be a sign that God doesn't love you. Don't let that disappointment or that hurt or that misunderstanding be a sign that God doesn't love you anymore. Don't let that become a sign that indicates that God has never loved you. If because of some disappointment or some misunderstanding, if there's some reason you've become angry and, and it feels like you and God are not as close as you used to be, or if you feel like you and God have never been close because of this misunderstanding, because of this anger, because of this disappointment, if you feel like you and God are not as close as you used to be, it's not a sign that God left you. It's a sign that you left God. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife Jackie and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. I have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992, and I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and an avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing, and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences, and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article 
So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts, and the concepts lead to application. One caveat about the facts is, for the most part, we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then, we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean fun and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones.